episode 407 the flash versus spider-man across no not across into no it is across no it's across yep okay Episode 407, The Flash versus Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse. Welcome to the Strangers and Aliens podcast. Hello and welcome back to another episode of Strangers and Aliens. And Evan, it feels like it's been like a really, really long time since we've recorded together. It has. I think it's been like six months. <laughs> it feels that way because it has been a really, really long time. We are here to talk about The Flash. We are here to talk about Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse. We are here together because there was no way I was going to talk about these two movies alone without talking with you. There was just nice. simply no way I was going to do it. Even before I saw the movies... From what I knew, I was just like, no, no, no. We have got to talk about this together. Yep. I could do a solo road trip, but as fun as it may be for me, I don't know about listeners. Nobody's told me <laughs> anything, uh, but it's it, – no, there was just no way. I had to have you on. I had to hear what you, had to, what you thought. There's a moment in The Flash that I just need to make sure – like. Are you with me? Are you against me? <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Neither. And and the, <laughs> if you're not for me, you're against me. Only um, a Sith deals an absolute, then, <laughs> which is an absolute. Right. Right. <laughs> um, yeah. And so, I. That's why we waited. Like we had to wait until we could find a time when the both of us could record together. And I, yeah, I was not going to do it alone. And and a big part of it was. Also, I mean, there's the content, but there's also like just these big ideas that they're doing that are fun to talk about. But then the other thing is then I don't know what what your timing was. We'll talk about theater experience. But the timing for me was um, I saw Spider-Man a little bit late. I didn't see it opening weekend and I ended up seeing Spider-Man the day before I went and saw The Flash. Hmm. And it just really struck me about just how similar some of the concepts and ideas that they're playing with were although yeah. one <laughs> one went all out crazy just completely crazy and the other didn't but then i don't know which one you're talking about because i think they both went crazy <laughs> i i thought they both went bananas i i don't think they both went bananas i i think the one and once I say this, you'll know exactly which one I'm talking about. But I think the one played it a little too safe. Okay. And the other one had my favorite cinematic Easter egg of all time ever. Oh, by the way, let's talk spoilers. We're going to be spoiling these two movies. So so no spoiler organ. We're just – this is it. Uh, maybe we'll do a spoiler organ. Maybe – but we'll let you know when we're transitioning. So like right now we're going to go ahead and just talk about our experience going, what happened. Cause I, <laughs> I had a weird experience happen at both theaters and it was in two different States. So and it was the same experience. The same weird thing happened in both theaters. I guess we should play the organ. I just don't have the organ loaded up for the video that we're doing right now. 
but uh, it'll be on the Oh, podcast. no, I do. I do have it. Oh. Ooh, this might be exciting. Movie magic. So we, we are... Sp- we're not going to give it a rating or anything. We're just going to... We'll, we'll do what we normally do, I guess. We'll do both okay. of them, and we'll give it a rating, and we will um, talk about uh, who we would recommend it to. Yeah, this is, the, this is the parking lot version of things before we've left the parking lot to drive home, and we talk Here about we spoilers. So, yeah. Okay, so go ahead. What was your theater experience for these two movies? Well, for... I can't remember which one I saw first, actually, but for Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse... I have started uh, a uh, community group here at Focus on the Family, which is basically like extracurricular clubs where we go and watch movies. So I had a bunch of people with me, and we went and saw it in the theater as a club, so that was fun. Um, <laughs> yes, and I <laughs> there was one guy from the club where <laughs> at, at pivotal points in the movie – this is him. He's he's looking at the screen. He's looking over at me. Screen, me. Screen, me. To see how I'm going to react. And I'm like, I suppose something important is going to happen in the next so he had couple seen of it seconds. Yes. Okay. All right. Uh, <laughs> so, <but we've, laughs> so it's not as bad as my other friend. If you listen to the uh, Welcome to Mainframe podcast for how little that lasted, John Mitchell was my co-host. He is... And he knows this, so I can say this. He's the worst. When you're watching, <laughs> when you're wa- <laughs> when you're watching a movie, he's like, "Oh, you're gonna love this part. <gasps> Get ready. Here it comes." You know, <laughs> it's like, John, stop talking. <laughs> Let me watch the movie. That's um, something you say to someone who's not paying attention to the movie. Like, yeah, that's not yeah. something you say to Evan, who is going to be <laughs> like completely wrapped up, who's talking to the screen, probably. Yeah, mm-hmm. I mean. Mm-hmm. And, and there's some moments in the flash where I really want to know, what did you say to the screen at some of these points? Because good, good question. I, I'm yeah. Dear, you have to quiz me. Yeah. So anyway, we saw that as a group and then I went and saw flash by myself. Um, Cause I, other than the movie club, I don't really don't have anybody to go see movies with here, which is a bummer. Um, so yeah, I just went and saw that by myself and enjoyed it. So I went and saw Spider-Man with my 12-year-old son, and he loves the first Spider-Man uh, Into the Spider-Verse. It's mm-hmm. one of his favorite movies. In fact, he would probably say uh, it's it's in his top three, I think is what he says. Oh, wow. Uh, and that's without him knowing what his actual top three are. He just knows <laughs> if he were to have three top movies, mm-hmm. that would be his in his top three. We went and saw that in Michigan. It was at the tail end of one of the camps that I was there for. And so I went and saw it with him and then took him back to the camp. And then I went to drive home and we went and saw it. It's an afternoon show. It's not opening weekend or anything like that. And so I'm thinking it's going to be great. It's an afternoon show Thursday afternoon. No one's even going to be in the theater with us. We get there and there's a boys and girls school bus, boys and girls club <laughs> school bus at in front of the theater. And I'm like, Oh, there's only one movie I can think of that's out right now that a group from the Boys and Girls Club would be going to see. I hope it's a good group. And they, sure enough, were right behind us. 30 kids, three adults. <laughs> For the most part, it was fun because we could hear them react. Mm-hmm. And so that was for the most part. What was not fun was there were one or two stinkers in the group who were just doing goofy stuff and getting in trouble. 
and there was one or two people who were throwing popcorn. And so they were just throwing popcorn, I'm assuming randomly. I don't think they were targeting us, but it was landing on our lap. <laughs> so I like I don't want to say anything to these guys. They they're kids. They're just here with the Boys and Girls Club. Like they're they're just here because this is what they're the Boys and Girls Club decided to do for this day. This is a fun outing for them. I could handle the talking. I could handle the movement. I could definitely handle the reacting to the actual movie. Uh, but the, the popcorn, I could not abide. And so I did turn around and say, would you please stop throwing popcorn at us? <laughs> and they did. Uh, but then a kid did get in trouble, got sent out of the theater. And I felt bad because Ooh. that meant one of the leaders had to leave. So now you have 29 kids and two leaders. Um, but other than, than that, it was, it wasn't a bad bad experience what was funny and this is hopefully not too much of a spoiler but the movie ends with to be continued mm -hmm. and it ends abruptly in a really high emotion moment and when that happened one of the kids behind us just yells out i hate this movie now <laughs> so that's great i can't I mean, honestly, I'm trying to think of like if I was a kid and it, and it ended like that, it's, I guess, close to maybe Back to the Future 2, the ending of Back to the Future mm, 2. Yeah. Uh, Pirates of the Caribbean 2. Yeah, That's although that wasn't when I was a kid. So I, I'm like, I was a teenager when that came out and that ends just like that. And I, we, you know, we had no idea it was going to be a cliffhanger. But it was still, I loved it. Loved it. And spoiler alert. I love the movie. Okay. Then the next day I'm back in Indiana and my son is, uh, visiting my in-laws. He's home alone. Um, this is my other son, my 22 year old son. And so as I'm at home after a day of work, um, I get home, he's, he's not back yet. And I'm like, Hey, Hey, I'm going to, um, go see a movie tonight. Do you want me to wait for you? to come home and we'll go together. And he's like, yeah, that'd be great. He didn't get home then until nine 30 mm. at night. And the next show was at 10 30. And so I'm like, let's do it. Let's go anyway. So we go. It meant we didn't leave the theater until one o'clock in the morning. Yeah. And I didn't get home until one 30. I was beat. Mm. I was beat. We're waiting for the movie to start. And someone behind us starts throwing popcorn i am <laughs> not kidding i feel it hit my head and then i look and i feel it and it lands on my lap and i'm like what in the world is going on this is it was absolutely bizarre because i've I never been yeah i've never had that happen before in my life had people randomly throw popcorn at me i mean i've seen it happen on tv shows i've seen it happen in the movies but I've never had it happen and it happened two days in a row in two different States at two different movies. Wow. So impressive. Yeah. And then we walked out of the film and we drove the half hour home and I was so tired when we got home. So star rating, what do you give to these two movies? Let me see the official star rating that I've given, um, on my letterboxd account. So for the flash, I gave it three and a half stars. But nostalgia, looking back on it, not having just exited the theater, I'm leaning towards four because um, I really enjoyed it. Uh, and then Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse, four and a half. 
that's pretty close to me. I, I hadn't thought about the flash really about a star rating for that, but four and a half for Spider-Man across the Spider-Verse. I don't think it'll get bumped up to a five, but if they don't stick the landing with the next one, there could be problems. Yeah. Um, because this one's so high as far as how, how good it was. This one elevated the first one and the first one was already great. Like in my opinion, mm-hmm. across the spider verse elevated into the spider verse because the second one was so good, but you're already just looking at this great movie that just gets elevated by a sequel. That was, I think better in, in a lot of ways. Um, the flash. Yeah. I think you'd be looking at 3.5 from me uh, for reasons. The nostalgia part. <laughs> we'll talk about it. Okay. We'll talk about it. Well, I'm just talking about, I wasn't even talking about the nostalgia in the movie. I was just thinking back nostalgically to last month oh. when I watched it. <laughs> okay. <laughs> and I just remember enjoying it a lot. All right. So. All right. Fair enough. Fair enough. I enjoyed it. I would, again, if you're doing binary thumbs up, thumbs down, thumbs up for both of them. Uh, definitely. But it's a little more hesitant for The Flash than for Across the Spider-Verse. But I just found it so interesting how both of them were exploring multiverse. Both of them were exploring um, decisions that can create your alternate characters, you know, and um, one tackling it more head on, the other one tackling it in a much more uh, subtle. It's a little bit more subtle. And I'll, I'll say it right now. The Spider-Man across the Spider-Verse had the Easter egg that I was talking about earlier. Oh, okay. Yeah. Interested yeah. to hear what it is. Yeah. Uh, well, let's get to it. Should we play the spoiler organ then? Let's do it. Let's see if this works. Spoilers. Judging by your dancing, it's working. It's working for me. <laughs> Spoilers. All right. <laughs> Where do you want to start with this? Like, this is, these are both big conversation movies. Yeah, let's, let's start with Spider-Verse. Okay, Spider-Verse. You, you want to hear my Easter egg? Sure. This, my son got so mad at me because I laughed so loud when I saw this. Okay. Because <laughs> already, as they're walking through and seeing all the different people from all the different universes, and then you start seeing bad guys from some of the universes, and this is where you see um, the Prowler, mm-hmm. and uh, what's his name? Donald Glover. Yeah, yeah. As the Prowler, mm-hmm. and the question the MCU. is: Is he the MCU Prowler, or is he a variant of yeah, the MCU question. character? who could be the Prowler in the MCU, but might be the Prowler in a, an alternate uh, timeline, which mm-hmm. by the way, this movie solidifies that into the spider verse is a part of the Marvel multiverse. If, if anything, um, and even if the Prowler is not the Prowler from the prime MCU universe, these other universes that we're seeing, we saw the Gar- Andrew Garfield universe. We saw the Tobey yeah. Maguire universe. And since those are all part of that multiverse, it's well, all and they there. reference Dr. Strange and they reference Dr. Strange, but they yeah. call it a different universe number. So in the MCU, the official designation of the MCU now on screen was six, one, six. Yes. Which according is confusing to, and weird. 
according to the Illuminati, who have from obviously, a different universe, exactly, who yeah. have mislabeled everything. So, yeah. who knows? So, they label it. Um, don't get me started about Doctor Strange and Peter from universe. The little nerd from you. Yeah, one nine 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 nine. However many nines there are, it's yeah, nineteen thousand nine hundred ninety nine. So you're you're panning across and you're seeing like all these different variations of all these different characters from things like Spider Man and his amazing friends. You know the cartoon from when in the in the eighties. It's uh, I think it was Video Man was his name. But next to that guy is a green square head on top of a green rectangle body with two green pixelated sticks for arms. It is Green Goblin from the Atari Twenty Six Hundred Spider Man game. That Spider-Man game, I spent so many hours playing, and it was so much fun. It's very simple. You're just shooting a web, and you make sure your web has to hit the building and not hit the window. And if there's a bad guy in the way, and he touches your web, he cuts your web. But if there's a bad guy that touches your body, you've captured him. And then you get to the top half of the building, and there's bombs. And then you get to the very top of the building, and right underneath the bomb that's going to blow up the building itself the big bomb you have to de- uh, um, deactivate is Green Goblin sliding across <laughs> the screen. You can't do anything to him. You have to go around him to hit the bomb, and then the bomb is deactivated, and you go to the next building over. And they're, depending on your difficulty lever- level, you might have to go past Green Goblin at three different points <laughs> on the building. But played it for hours at my cousin's house, got it myself, played it for hours and hours and hours and hours and hours and hours and hours. And so... I see the prowler and I laugh because, hey, it's him dressed up as the prowler. <laughs> a little loud, louder than my son mm-hmm. would like. And then I see the green goblin and I just, just this loud. <laughs> and my son looks at me and says, shut up. And I was just, <laughs> and I just turned to him and said, oh no, <laughs> you do not tell me to shut up. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But I got quiet after that. So. <laughs> Nice. I'm like these kids, they're 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 being loud. They're they're throwing popcorn at us. I can I can laugh loud at one moment, but I love that moment. And it was just that's where I'm saying they went crazy with just all of the yes different variations and yeah. Uh, my favorite Easter egg was actually a very prominent Easter egg where it was spectacular. Spider Man got a speaking role. In the thing, I was like, "Wow, this is this is cool." And they did uh, Lego Spider-Man, and I love how he's like, "Thank you, Peter. You're one of our finest." <laughs> did you <laughs> know Lego how that happened, figure. though? Didn't a kid make that? Yeah, yeah. So a kid <laughs> made a shot-for-shot remake of a, a, a Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse trailer. No, I think it was Into the Spider-Verse trailer, but he made it out of Lego, shot-for-shot, mm-hmm. stop motion. So they brought him on, storyboarded it for him, and he worked on it for however long it took to uh build this scene and very cool he's in yeah he is in so that's that's pretty cool i like that and i liked um oh they had the playstation 4 spider-man from the game they had uh i liked i liked how they did the scarlet spider it's pretty funny (laughs) with his duration (laughs) yeah yeah it reminded me of the max Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. The, I didn't read the Max much, but I watched the animated series on MTV where he's like, 
he's he's narrating in his head and then the people are like what did he say oh, did i say that out loud i must have said that out loud and he he doesn't even know when he's talking and when he's narrating in his head so but i i love the um i love the family dynamic in the movie um where it's which is crazy because i mean they put so much personal heartfelt stuff into this zany crazy off the wall movie um especially with Miles and his parents, Gwen and her dad. And I loved the meet the parents scene between Gwen and Miles' parents. Very funny. The first one, yeah. not the second one. Um, and then, yeah, it was yeah a lot of good good moments. And I was really impressed that the whole like first sequence is in Gwen's universe and they kept that painted style from the comic book. It's well, and cool. where the... Not just the painted style, but the the colors changed as her feelings changed. Mm. So as her emotions were changing, the colors in the background are changing along with it. And so you can you can follow her uh, emotional arc. But there's it, one of the scenes with her dad, like she's going through a range of emotions, and the walls behind her are changing color. And it was just like this is beautiful filmmaking here. Uh, one of the early moments with her dad got me choked up where he's trying to talk to her. She's not, not into it because there's, they've been arguing, you know, and then he says something like, are you, are you too punk to give your dad a, a hug? And before he can even say hug or whatever, she's just, zoom, and she's yeah. right there, you know, and, and she just like buries herself in his arms. And mm -hmm. I'm just like, <laughs> my college yeah. daughters. That's um, good. You're right, though. This is a crazy off the wall movie, but it's so much. There's so much emotion to it, and it's just, uh, just beautiful. Like there's, they put so much thought into everything. I loved the uh, the portal creation, right? Where Gwen is using whatever the British punk Spider Man's uh, yes portal creator, and the portal it creates is inspired by him. You know, it's got all yeah. the graffiti and it's got all of the, you know, and, and it's not, it's not her portal, it's his. And so it looks like you know, his personality. And then you get to the end and I caught the, the whole thing where, when it was scanning him, there was a brief glimpse of number 42. Hmm. And so I leaned over to my son and I said, I think that he's going to the wrong universe right now because you know, I, I saw it scanning him. And, and so I was already on to the idea that he might not be in the right universe. And then this is something I didn't realize until after the fact, but I did notice it. He's in his house. He covers up his costume with a coat and he's in the prowler colors when he's mm. talking to his mom and and finding out you know she doesn't know what what'd you do to your hair your hair is different you know and and all mm -hmm. this stuff and she's like what's going on there's something going on here and his room's Obviously. more trashy than normal yeah but it's in yeah. the background so he's wearing the prowler colors and then when he gets to his uncle and his uncle knocks him out i'm like oh this is a, this is definitely a different universe definitely a different universe well because his uncle's alive right right <laughs> so and his dad's the... dead yeah, yeah uh -huh. but I didn't know he's the prowler, mm, yeah. you know, like I'm okay. That, that's the, uh, that was the part of the movie where the guy was like, 
looking back and forth <laughs> to see if I would get that it's in the different universe. I did once I, I didn't call that, but then I did call that he was the prowler. And that's where, when you realize he's brought him there for someone else, not because the uncle's the prowler. I was like, Oh, it's, it's him. He's the yeah. bad guy. He's the bad guy. And I'm just like, Oh man, but <laughs> there's not much movie left. How much are we going to see? And then it's nothing. <laughs> yeah. It's just to be continued. We're done. Goodbye. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> and no post yeah. credit. What did you think of Miguel O'Hara? You know, it was interesting setting him up basically as the, the villain, the anti-protagonist. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The, the villain. He, they're not setting him up as the antagonist, but he kind of is, I guess. Um, I loved the whole dynamic of him saying to everyone else, are you okay with this? Are you okay with, with us doing this and us letting people die and not trying just because, you know, I, and that brings up a, a great moral question of, you know, you have the whole crowd and they're all, this, this is where it gets interesting. They're doing the wrong thing, but they're doing it for the right reasons. Yeah. Doing the immoral thing for a moral result. We want to save universes and that means making sacrifices and here's our leader and he knows what he's talking about. Right. Right. Yeah. Well, it's interesting that they're, they're focused on the police captain canon event. And it'll be very interesting in the next movie if they take it to Gwen Stacy being killed, um, because that's the ultimate Spider-Man canon event. Gwen had her own canon event. That is that. Right. So how does that, that's the other interesting thing is how does that fit together where (laughs) she's the spider person who had a Gwen event, but she's also his Gwen. Right. Exactly. So how does, how does that work? He's throwing a wrench into the whole thing because he was never supposed to be supposed to be Spider-Man. Well, yeah. Yeah. Quote unquote. Because Peter would have had his own Gwen event already in their universe. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. The canon event is also a great concept, an interesting concept that Mm -hmm. is clearly, you know, this is meta fiction now that we're talking about. We're not talking about science fiction. (laughs) Like, uh, but it's, it's also reminds me of like in Star Trek every once in a while. I didn't, I don't know if I've ever seen it on screen where they called it out, except for recently in Strange New Worlds, where it's just certain things are going to happen and certain relation or, and in, uh, in Star Trek 2009. Uh, Spock kind of calls it out like they're you are destined to be friends. Kirk and Spock mm-hmm. are destined to be friends. But I'd already seen that in some novels that I had read when I was in high school, where it's like this alternate timeline. And where Kirk and Spock meet, meet each other uh, and there's no reason for them to be friends. They still have this camaraderie and, and friendship that that idea of the universe finds a way for this to happen. Well, then there's the uh, I wonder what the T-Rex's canon event was. <laughs> the t-rex t-rex spider-man well it could have been just the, you know the meteor that wiped out the dinosaurs for him or something could be, I mean, you yeah. never know where that universe go- went but um yeah and and well even the um the atari 2600 spider-man like mm. there's no what? other characters it's just spider-man <laughs> goons green green goblin and his canon event is when someone turned off the atari <laughs> The, dude, <laughs> if you get a chance, you should check out some gameplay for that game, too, because if you miss and fall or you run out of web fluid, if you run out of web fluid, you fall. It's just over for you. Hmm. Um, and then you hit the ground on your back and it's just like it's, 
<laughs> and then the oh. way that it makes is just this wet splat, like, and, <laughs> and that's how every game ends. Like you can't win the game. There's no end. You hit a point where oh. it's like cycling through building colors. And then you hit a point where I believe it's just every building is pink after that. <laughs> and it's just, you're going to do the hard one over and over and over again until you die. Wow. Which is right. Atari 2600 at its core. Yeah. Well, <laughs> back then it didn't feel so bad. Now, when you're used to all the narratives of games and you actually can win and defeat and overcome. Yeah. But with Spider-Man and with most games, at some point, one of the YouTube videos I want to make is about Missile Command, which oh, nice. the only way Missile Command ends is the end of the, the world. destruction. Like world the, War Three. Yeah. You cannot put it off. <laughs> it's just you play until all your cities are dead. That's it. Mm -hmm. That's mm -hmm. how you finish. But back then we didn't care. Because it just you're going for the high score, like that's what mattered. Going for the high score, but anyway, um, I don't know what his Atari Twenty Six Hundred Canon event would have been, but it would have been something. Otherwise, his universe would have been destroyed. I love the way that they introduced it. I love them coming in to fix it, um, but I also think it's hilarious that they wouldn't recruit Miles because he's not supposed to be Spider Man. But they literally recruit every single other Spider-Man. Like, there's the bar is really low to get recruited for that. Didn't they say that he he's the one who started all of it in the first place? It might he's, have been. Yeah, he's the one who set off the chain reaction because of what um, he did with with Kingpin's stuff. Yeah, mm -hmm. yeah. yeah. Um, yeah, or Kingpin's universe his thing brought over that spider. So, and and I really liked what they did with. Uh, Mumbatton, the Indian oh, Manhattan. Yeah, yeah. yeah that, was, that cool. was cool. Want to talk about The Flash? Yeah, let's talk about The Flash. Here's my headcanon, is that that was not the same Michael Keaton Batman that we got in 1989 Batman and Batman Returns. It just didn't Why? feel like... It just didn't feel like the same universe. I don't know. It just didn't well, feel... If he, but, well, he's in a universe with the Zod from the Zack Snyder universe. Mm -hmm. So that's interesting. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. So here's some of the things I enjoyed about The Flash. I really enjoyed the whole spaghetti thing that he used to as the model. Yeah. Like mm -hmm. that was that was good. It made sense. It fit the scene. Because they're having dinner, you know. Right. But he's taking the, you know, the spaghetti and he snaps it, and then what happens? This happens, and it's just all the spaghetti wound around each other. Yeah, and, and very, very interesting uh, way to look at time paradoxes, where it's it shifts on a fulcrum instead of mm -hmm. taking a fork in the road. Yeah, and that gives you a lot of leeway because you can change things back and forward. Yes, and, and so, the question is. How on earth does he know any of that? <laughs> That's true. That's <laughs> Michael Keaton, that. Because he's Batman. Um, <laughs> it also explains how you can have four different Batman movies with three different Batman actors, but it's still the same universe. Like the Joel Schumacher Batmans are supposed to be from the same continuity as, as the Tim Burton two Batmans. But they changed Batman actors, although they kept... You know, Robin stayed the same in the final two. Alfred, Alfred was stayed the, the same, same in all four. Commissioner Gordon. Yeah. Mm -hmm. 
And so it's interesting if you look at it like, okay, so we're watching this and what we're not seeing is someone changing time. That's and, how, that's why they look different. And that's different. just why it's different. Yeah, yeah. It's just why he's, he's slightly different, but same. And, and that allows them to keep, although I don't like this as far as the ramifications for the DC EU or whatever it's called now, whatever it's going to be called, where like with Flashpoint and New 52, I hated that New 52 kept continuity from some characters and started over completely fresh with others. So Batman kept all this continuity up until that point, except anytime he interacted with Superman never happened. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and similar with Green Lantern, I think, and Legion of Superheroes. Mm-hmm. And like, I thought Legion of Superheroes, I jumped on Legion of Superheroes with the new 52 because I thought we're getting a brand new start flashpoint, which the flash was based on somewhat, um, change the universe reset at ground zero and then I'm reading Legion of Superheroes, hoping that this is the time I can get in on the ground floor and not have to know anything about the characters that, nope, some of these characters are from before and some of them aren't. And I'm not a big fan of that. Yeah. Um, and that's kind of where they're going. But they've made with the spaghetti, they've created a way where it it, it, works. it fits. It yep. works now. You excited about Superman Legacy? Yeah. I'm optimistic. I mean, I'm optimistic. Yeah. Did you ever it. watch Brightburn or Brightborn or whatever it no, was? And I vow never to, to do that. <laughs> yeah. Cause that was his first take. <laughs> uh, his first crack at Superman was evil Superboy. Mm, so, yeah. No, thank you. No, thank yeah. you. That anyway, was James Gunn. It was, he wrote really? it. He didn't direct it. He wrote it. Interesting. Yeah. I enjoyed a bunch of things about this. I really love that they started it off in the hardcore Snyder verse. Like there's no mistaking it. It was it, and so therefore, this movie is a great transition point from that to whatever they're doing next. I thought that was fantastic. I love how they had, I mean, they had the whole Justice League in it, except for Cyborg. Um, they didn't yeah, show. Yeah, it's true. They didn't show Superman's face, but he was still in it. And he was. He was <laughs> sort of. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, but that. Yeah, I, they had. I mean, his 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 appearance in Shazam was better than his appearance in this movie. We'll just say that. Oh, I don't think so. He was flying in this one. But um, in, the, in Shazam, it was funny. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but anyway, I mean, they had Batman is in it, and he's in the suit, and he's doing awesome stuff, and he's in the blue cape. Mm-hmm. I thought that was awesome. And then I was very surprised to see Wonder Woman in it. Um, <laughs> and I'm very, I'm because they, uh, in my mind, the Joss Whedon Justice League has been replaced by the Zack Snyder cut um, and no longer exists. But sadly, that means the hilarious scenes where Aquaman is accidentally touching Wonder Woman's <laughs> uh, magic lasso are out. But then they've done it again. They've, it was a canon event. Back. It was going to happen one way or another. That's right. right. <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> that was so funny, man. It um, was pretty funny. Yeah. And the whole scene with the hospital being destroyed, my dad, <laughs> my dad was cracking up when the babies were falling. Oh man, like, I was laughing so hard because yeah. <laughs> it's just like, okay, I mean nothing. I mean obviously he's gonna do it, you know. Yeah. There, they, there's no they can't danger let here. The da- babies yeah. die. <laughs> They're not gonna have six babies fall from this building, and so as soon as it starts happening, I'm just 
dying laughing, not as loud as I did for my other son in the Spider-Man movie. <laughs> and, you know, my, my older son did not tell me to shut up, but nice. I was, it was hilarious. It really was. It was so over the top, but then at the same time, it fit, it worked and it gave you the opportunity to see flash at work yeah, and see yeah. he's, he's got control of his powers. He wants to do good but he also wants to be respected and doesn't want to be stuck with cleanup duty. But if anybody else that had cleanup duty, they wouldn't have been able to save the people the way that he did them. Yeah. Although except for Superman, right? No one else would have put the baby in the microwave though. I'm pretty sure that that's, yes, that's key. But <laughs> I think the only big drawback for me in this movie was that uh, Ezra Miller is, does not portray the flash as a, comic book accurate version of that character um he's his own thing it's basically he's playing impulse bart allen right i was gonna ask you about that like yeah would you would you feel like he'd do a better job would you accept him more as impulse when he's absolutely. playing the character the way he's playing it absolutely he, it absolutely yeah. fits with his characterization in the comic books okay. he's one of my favorite characters anyway so right, if i right. just pretend that this is the impulse uh <laughs> it turn works. the head cannon just a little bit that's right that's and right it's not flashpoint it's impulse point exactly and... um yeah i love the slow barista hilarious he's just taking his time it's great stuff so well, what did you think about the second barry okay so <laughs> i liked it i mean i laughed let's put it that way and you have a character who in some ways life is a little better for him and in other ways it's really not at all better for him. Yeah. Um, so was he annoying? Yes. Was I laughing? Mostly. It's one of, it's one of the best dual actor talking to himself movies I've seen. Yeah. Like I, I noticed that I, I, I noticed myself not noticing. Yeah. That it he felt, was, it felt like they had twin actors mm -hmm. and for the most part, it, it just felt really like they're playing off each other. Um, whatever they did, as far as whoever was holding the, you know, the sight lines with him and he was playing off in the green screen studio or whatever. It was good. Um, one of the interesting things for me is just what's going on with Ezra Miller in real life mm -hmm. where people are calling for him to be canceled. And I don't know what's, as far as like what he's doing to be rehabilitated, so to speak, I don't know what he's doing. I, mm. I know that Warner brothers has said that he is, he's getting, he's doing the work, you know, that that's what they say. I don't know how true that is. I don't know exactly what's going on with that. What I do know is it's interesting that you have this guy who's done really bad things and who has hurt people for sure. Like no matter what, even if what he did was not illegal, it was harmful. You know, there are people who were harmed by him. Um, but then you are putting that in the context of a movie. That's all about, can you um, reverse choices and mm -hmm. what would happen? You know, who are you if, if you make other choices and, you know, going back and trying to fix things that went wrong before. And so while it's not a one-to-one -one narrative, you know, this is not the flash going back and trying to fix the things that he did wrong. Um, but he is trying to, you know, go back and, and fix things to, to change time for the better, you yeah. know? And, um, 
And it, that's the, one of the things I appreciate about this movie is as a time travel movie, while the time travel is not perfect, they set up their own laws for how time travel works. They set up a visual storytelling conceit for how it works and what it looks like. And just like the, the, they call it the bowl or whatever, but it, yeah, it that also, was really cool. Yeah. Well, it reminded me of like onions, you know, like layers of onion where you have like layer upon layer upon layer upon it layer. It reminded me of the, the very old fashioned animation wheel where it's, oh, uh, yeah. Yeah. you know, where he, where you've set up little statues mm-hmm. in the different motions and you spin and get it, it moving fast enough. Yeah. It looks like they're running or whatever. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, I just and and for me then of course this is one of the few times where I'm watching a movie and the themes of the movie are reflecting the real world stuff of the movie. Um, again, not a perfect one to one. It's not like they made a movie about can you change? I mean, Iron Man is a movie where it's about a guy overcoming his past and his um ego and confronting that and maybe growing even a little bit played by a guy who has been humbled and Mm. has made changes in his life. And so you have that real world reflection there. Um, But I'm curious to see what happens with Ezra Miller in real life. I feel he, yeah, there's lots and lots of, of issues going on there, but the, the character, he played it well. The whole conversation about could they replace Ezra Miller with whatever, Grant? Grant Gustin? Grant Gustin. Mm-hmm. No. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> maybe it could have been played, and maybe if they had shot the whole movie with him, they could have mm-hmm. replaced it. But as much effects work as was going into this, there was just no way that they could have no practically... They could they could have done a thing at the end where they've, you know, where everything's different now and he just becomes Grant Gustin. He just looks in the mirror. He's like, yeah. oh, no. what, what yeah. did I do now? <laughs> Which, and Grant Gustin's portrayal is much closer to the comic book. Um, so. So my experience with Grant Gustin is primarily the first three episodes of his show and then the Crisis on Infinite Earths mm. crossover which Ezra Miller shows up in. Yes. I expected at some point now looking back, they, I don't see where they would have fit this in, but I expected at some point for them to go ahead and insert that scene into this yeah. movie as well. Cause it could have worked, you know, yeah. like you head to head and yeah. Well, he was but, in his old costume for that too. Um, oh, that's true. Yeah, that's true. But yeah, I love, I love the visualization of the bowl and the time travel. We should do an episode about visual representations of time travel and which is the best. Um, that would be fun. I don't know if this is the best, but it is definitely fantastic. Yeah. Like, yeah. Five and out of five stars there. Very interesting looking at this story without reverse flash in it. Um, yeah. But there's, there's still Speed Force Phantom shenanigans going mm-hmm. on. So when the Speed Force Phantom shows up, it's like, well, this could be anyone in anything because there's so many different versions of this in the comic books. Um, but I liked the twist. I liked the twist of where they took it. I didn't expect that going in. I definitely didn't expect it going in. I started having my um, thoughts when 
there's something in the battle against Zod. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And it's like, wait a minute. That looks a little, oh, this is where we're going. Yes. And and that's about the right time, too. Like, I, I, I feel like they did that on purpose. They allowed the reveal to happen on purpose. They designed the character of the the Speed Force creature, him. Um, they designed that character to reference what was happening to him there. And, yeah, or they, de they designed it to allow the reference to happen there. And, yeah. What do you think about uh, Michael Keaton's doing stuff in the bat suit. <laughs> I, okay. So in spite of me trying to like wrap my head around, is this the same Michael Keaton universe? It was fun to see the music. Good grief. Like, yeah. The music kicks in and you're like, yeah, okay. I'm here. Yeah. I'm here. <laughs> I, even if I don't want to like it, there's no way I'm not liking it. Yeah. Cause well, and they juiced up his fighting moves. That yeah. was so cool. And I love that they put the, like, when he puts him on the elevator, he's like, how much do you weigh? Yep, yep. Yeah, it's like, there he is, man. And he's using the flip yep. phone. <laughs> yep, yep. Um, yeah. What did you think about Supergirl? So I liked that, too. And that's one of the few things where I feel like they were actually paying off something from the Man of Steel movie. Mm -hmm. Because Man of Steel, she's missing from the from all of the Kryptonians. Like there wasn't there, was that man of steel or was that Batman V Superman? It was man of steel where there's, so, there's an empty capsule. Right. And, mm -hmm. and the intention was, it was probably her mm -hmm. and she's out there somewhere maybe. And so, uh, to play up on that, where she's the one who's found and not him, the flashpoint version from the comics of Superman. I loved the idea. And so I was a little disappointed when I saw it. it's not Superman. It's Supergirl. But then when they play it out, and it basically plays out the same way mm -hmm. in a lot of ways, um, at least in shorthand anyway, um, the fact that it wasn't Henry Cavill, I'm, I'm cool. Like yeah. that, it, it worked. She worked. It gave them a, a thing to play off with, the the two different flashes. Uh, and she had her own arc, and that worked. And yeah, yeah. All, all, all things considered. I like this, her look. I like how mm -hmm. they made her look like... She's actually related to Superman. <laughs> it's the same, you know, hair and stuff. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then uh, has kind of bummed that she just ends up dying at the end. They do not save her. Right, right. Well, but they allow it for if in the new universe they could bring that actress back to play her. Possibly. If they want to. Sure. And that's that's what it all is now. It's if they want to. Yeah. Anything anything goes now. Because Jason Momoa is still Aquaman. Right, right. And um but Clooney's Batman. So <laughs> uh, I get the impression though that he might have cycled through all of them and maybe got back to Ben Affleck. Yeah. Maybe. Don't know. We'll see. Uh, or, or we cycle through all of them, and now we have a new one who's yeah. going to come, you know. Mm -hmm. And and now, yeah. <laughs> but Clooney showing up, that was that, kind that of was fun. fun. Yeah, that was, that fun. was fun. Let's see, so, did we cover everything? No, here's we haven't covered the big one, which is... Oh, yes. The alternate universe. The alternate universe. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So in Spider-Verse... We have all the alternate Spider-Mans coming through and, you know, we don't know anything much about their own universes, but 
there's hundreds of them in this it wasn't i think there were fewer worlds shown than were in the the cw networks crisis on infinite earths probably there are more universes in that but anyway we get first of all we need to talk about the effects that are happening here mm -hmm. when they're traveling through time and when he's doing stuff in the speed force things look a little off there's well little... it's playstation 2 graphics uh, <laughs> but what I, said, <laughs> what I said to my son and what I said on welcome to level seven was I feel like it's an artistic choice to make it not look 100% normal. Yeah. And then we, so th that was when he's just traveling through time. Mm -hmm. Then we get to these alternate universes and Superman, Christopher Reeve shows up and Helen Slater, Supergirl shows up Yeah, and they are just they're stylistically look like yeah playstation i'll give it three okay sure. playstation three you can recognize them but they don't look a hundred percent yeah <laughs> nicholas cage shows up that was the best part of the movie was it though i loved it ben i was, I was laughing i was, I was so laughing. happy there was the giant spider they showed his face where is our animated movie adaption of that script? I don't know, but here's the problem. Now. The problem is it's just like <laughs> in the midst of the climax, oh, we're going to stop and have a battle scene that has nothing to do with this movie at all. We're just going <laughs> to go over here. It's just two minutes, maybe three, you know, but it's, this, less. it's not even a minute long. I don't, think. I don't know. Cause they keep coming back to it, but yeah, I mean, it's, it is the spider. It's the giant spider is mm -hmm. Nicholas Cage. Um, he's in the suit briefly. Yeah. You see Adam West, George Reeves. You mean, well, no, I, I, you see Adam West. Oh, it was Adam Reeves. West. I was well, George, George Reeves too. Yeah. Yeah. No, that was he, cool. That was cool. And, and Jay Garrick, who apparently is in the George Reeves universe. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so that was kind of cool. But then there's a brief where it's panning along and you see, and, and then you hear a little bit of the Batman theme that then, and then, and uh, as it's going along and it's just Batman running. It's just Adam West running. And so they, they don't focus in on it very long. I don't think, we, I don't know. I, I didn't see anyway, Linda Carter. Yeah. But you got all these old, so you've got Christopher Reeve, Helen Slater, George Reeves, um, Clooney. <laughs> you've got Michael Keaton. You got all these like nostalgic references and Nicholas Cage. <laughs> and, um, I was and so it's kind of cool. It's yeah. kind of cool. But <laughs> in my mind, I'm thinking, you know, I feel like they made the stylistic choice here because they weren't going to be able to do perfect renderings mm. of these actors. And so they had to do something stylistic. But unfortunately, it didn't come off as a stylistic choice. It yeah. came off as they, how are they doing this bad of graphics when YouTubers are doing deep fake? Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know. Well, and even even just the Flash running normally, it didn't seem didn't seem the most realistic. The physics were kind of off. Yeah. So what you you were laughing about Nicolas Cage, but what about when Christopher no, Reeve shows cheering. up? I was cheering. I was cheering for Nicolas Cage, Ben. Oh, I was um, laughing. <laughs> <laughs> when Christopher Reeve showed up, I was just smiling ear to ear. I'm like, yeah, they did it. They finally did it because they. They've had the opportunity to do this multiple times, including in Crisis on Infinite Earths, and they did not. 
they went with the Superman Returns universe, which is kind of a continuation, but they didn't do Christopher Reeve. Nicholas Cage, I'm laughing. Uh, Christopher Reeve, I'm like, oh, this is nice. This is nice. And then Helen Slater, I, I, I that was nice too. That was really nice. Yeah. And then it all comes together. He wins the day, but he still has he has his canon event. He has yeah. to let go of his mom. And the emotional moment there, it's hard because then you have the dichotomy here. And this is the most interesting dichotomy to me is in Across the Spider-Verse, you have Miles Morales saying, we have to try. We have to try. If we can make a change, we have to make the change. And then you have here where it's the Flash and he's saying, I, I have to give up. I have to let it go. Well, because he did it. Like, right, unlike Miles, right. he did it. And it, it and messed it everything up. And it worked out. Yeah. yeah. And so you have the movies are saying two very different things. Yeah. But not necessarily two different wrong things. You know, because if you look at, if you look at the Flash as, as a young man trying to um, come to terms with loss... And there's a little bit of a emotional arrested development for him mm-hmm. because of the losses he's experienced of his parents in two different ways, but at a very young age for him. Um, if you look at it that way, it is something where he's going to have to let go and he's going to have to come to terms with that. He's going to have to confront it and, and move on with his life. Um, but at Miles Morales, on the other hand, it's, I have to, uh, make the world a better place. And with great power comes great responsibility, right? So <laughs> I'm going to do it. I've got the power. I'm going to do whatever I can to make sure these things don't happen. The canon events. I'm going to stand up against the universe and say, no, you're wrong. And, or at least stand up against Spider-Man 2029 or 2099. Yeah. And... Well, and he, uh, in the flash, I mean, he fixes it, but it's still not the same when he goes back because there's no completely fixing it. I mean, Batman is George Clooney and his dad is, a, is able to be exonerated because he looks up to get the, the thingy, which is really clever. And mm-hmm. the impression that I got was that he kept going back then afterward because he's talking to um, Jason Momoa and he's like, I've seen so many different Batman, you know, like yeah. he's and so you don't even I, I feel like we don't even know really what Batman is Batman in their universe now. <laughs> but that also cleared up the age discrepancy between Michael Keaton and Ben Affleck is because when you make that change, it's the fulcrum point. Like you said, yeah, it, it changes it, everything it changes in all everything directions back and yeah. forth. So Bruce Wayne, it's going to happen to him, but it's for some reason he's born earlier. And, yeah. Yeah. But this is, yeah, their opportunity to say, okay, so Aquaman still matters. So go see that movie in December. Mm-hmm. Um, Blue Beetle is what they're saying is the first official, but not official. <laughs> um, <laughs> movie that may that matters in their universe uh mm-hmm. the new dc universe but I, apparently suicide squad and peacemaker matter because they're doing a second season of peacemaker um and and the apparently Waller I, is, I haven't watched it the justice league show up in peacemaker um 
as yeah. silhouettes, and they're all the silhouettes from Zack Snyder. You no, know? they're definitely Snack- Zack Snyder. Yeah, yeah, and so. yeah. So we're back, and we're we have a semi Zack Snyder universe left over in the ruins. Yeah, and but you're right. This is the time. Like, if they're going to make these changes, this is serendipity here, where okay, we can say that things are changing going forward, but things also changed backward. And whoever is Batman next for us is going to have been Batman the whole time. And right. whoever is Superman next for us has been Superman for the whole time. And we're going to ignore Robert Pattinson. He's his own thing. Right. Right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so anything else about the flash? I just, I really enjoyed it. I'm going to probably watch it again. It was fun. Okay. I will probably watch it again, but not anytime super soon. But I will say as a fan and a lover of time travel stories, this one hit the beats because it is all about looking to the past and can I change the past to affect the future and coming to terms with the present. And it works. It works for me. I still want to challenge you to watch um, Alice into the looking glass. Mm. on Disney Plus because the time travel visuals in that were equally impressive I thought to okay. these ones. I think you would enjoy it. All right. Yeah, I still haven't watched it, so. Yeah. They do some cool stuff with time travel in that. Now you know what you're doing tonight. <laughs> no, I, I already know what I'm doing tonight and it ain't that, so. Yeah. All right. Well, any last words then? Flash, ah, he'll save every one of us. Those are my last words. That'll, that'll do. All right. And I want to say, I'm not sure how this is all getting released. Uh, we're doing something different by recording video as well. Although this will definitely go out to the audio feed first, but thank you for listening and or watching. Thank you for spending time with us. Uh, Evan, Good to see you again. It's been too yeah, long. Man, you too. We'll and figure hope- this thing out though. We'll yep. figure it out. So get back together soon for our yeah. six month check-in. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and I'm not sure I, I want to do an episode about Indiana Jones, but I'm not sure how that's going to work and who that's going to work with. Mm. So we'll, I've seen we'll it. see. It's in we'll the, see. it's in the memory banks. <laughs> and that's another time, time element with that. So mm-hmm, mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah. Uh, So until next time, though, thank you, everyone, for spending the time with us to have these conversations. And until next time, Godspeed. You've been listening to the Strangers and Aliens podcast hosted by Ben Avery, Evan David, Steve McDonald, and Dr. Jason Neal. Our music was composed and mixed by Tim Leffel. We'd love for you to join the conversation by going to our website at strangersandaliens.com where you'll find show notes, articles, reviews, and more. You can also email us directly at podcast at strangersandaliens.com. Or you can join our social media conversations by following us on Twitter where we are at strangeandalien.com or liking us on Facebook at facebook.com slash strangersandaliens. Or leave us a voicemail by calling the Strangers and Aliens hotline. That number is 1-804-37-ALIEN.
And once again, thanks for listening. And it's just like it's <laughs> and then the ways that it makes is just this wet splat like <laughs> and it's <sighs>